a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties are... This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we talk socially responsible investing. Yes, first of all, you're assuming that I'm social, which I'm not. Number two, you're assuming I'm responsible, which I'm not. And number three, that I know something about investing, which I don't. Uh, actually, none of those things are true. Hi, everybody. It's Pete the Planner. Hi, Nicole. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, you excited about today's show? Oh, yes. On the edge of my seat. You know, I don't know whether to believe you. Um, <laughs> listen, so this is the hot topic. Like, people are boycotting stuff, and I will never do business with you because you feel this way and that way. So, look, I feel, and Nicole, we should probably get some. Uh, disclaimers out of the way. It yeah, seemed like a I good agree. idea. That, All right. Yeah. So this is going to be a very transparent show today. I think you're going to learn a little bit about me uh, based on the emails and tweets I get from you after the show. I'll probably learn a little bit about you. But here's my stance. Uh, my, first of all, our radio audience uh, that listens to this on the radio, that, that box in your car, um, <laughs> it is a more conservative audience. I mean, they skew more conservative to the right. Fantastic. Uh, our podcast group, uh, our people who listen via podcast, generally skew more to the left, right? Okay. So I don't really care. Uh, I, I like to think of myself as an independent. I, 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 I'm not neither a Republican nor a Democrat. I don't think it particularly matters that you have to agree with me anyway. Um, where we're going to go today is we're going to talk about some political issues, some social issues and how that may or may not impact your decisions to invest. I'm not going to um, try to push what I think on you, and I'm also not going to say what you think, if I disagree with it, is wrong. I, that's not the point of the show. And I think it's a bigger point of, uh, if you and I happen to disagree on something, that's great. Let's talk about it. Let's learn from each other without yelling at each other about it. Like I. I'm really into right now embracing ideas that are different from, from what I, I believe. And I think where it gets weird, and I already used the wrong uh, word, I said disagree. Just because I think one thing doesn't mean I'm right. And just because you believe the opposite of what I believe doesn't mean that you're wrong. It's just we hold different, different beliefs on it. Here's the deal, and, and here's why this matters for today's show. Socially responsible investing has been this thing that's been around for a few decades, but it's this a concept of, I will only take my money and invest it in companies that are doing socially responsible things. Now, Nicole, just from that definition, you gotta think, there's some wiggle room as to what is considered socially responsible, right? Oh yeah, especially which is how that definition could essentially change on the daily. T totally. And then it, and it sort of pivots. Is it political? Yeah. Is it not political? And we're going to cover this from all angles on the show today. We're actually even going to talk to the vice president of advice. That's a great title. Uh, <laughs> that's, for, a, that's a really good title. It is. For Betterment, uh, Alex Benke, he's going to join us on the show. I've known Alex for a number of years. He's never, I don't think, been on the show, but he, we're, he's going to join us here a little bit later and talk about what Betterment, which is a giant investment company, what they're doing um, in the socially responsible investing space. So let me give you some examples here, okay? 
Um, let's say that a company has poor labor practices, which again, Nicole, can, you can just see the spectrum of what that is. Oh yeah, that's like one of those, there's two completely different ends and different ways that people could take that. At first you hear poor labor practices and in my mind always goes to third world country oh, sweatshops, yeah, absolutely. right? Absolutely, that's exactly where my mind goes. So there are companies that manufacture parts of their products in, in not so great conditions, right? Yeah. And so on some level, you'd look at that and you'd say, I don't like their labor practices, therefore I don't want to invest my retirement dollars in that. But, but then before we even get there, Nicole, <laughs> there's this idea of like, this is I, where it's hard because if I don't agree with someone, does that mean that I, I, I also feel like I shouldn't profit from what they're doing? Do you see where it gets weird? Yeah. Because it's like one of those, I think you made a really great point, and I think that's one thing that everyone struggles with a lot right now, is that just because you don't necessarily agree with someone or the stance that they take, doesn't mean that they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, it's just... And so I'm now going to get to the point number one, which will anger people. All right. So this is the angering people, point number one. <laughs> I, I was upset with the whole Chick-fil-A thing. Right, yeah. Chick Fil A. Um, they, they they made some contributions and donations to to organizations, allegedly, and this is reportedly. Like I don't even know what to believe. Right, exactly. That, what do you what do you believe? That we're sort of anti LGBT. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't believe we should be anti LGBT. Agreed. And so there was this conflict in my mind of like, I love Chick Fil A. It's delicious sandwiches and nuggets. The nuggets. And But then I felt compelled to be part of the group of people. Like, well, I'm not going there. And then I sort of got over myself, right? A little right. bit. It's like, I disagree. If that is in case, if that is in fact what they, they did, mm -hmm. I disagree with that. I feel differently about that. But where I can't figure out, Nicole, is was I being selfish because I just wanted a delicious chicken sandwich <laughs> and I have no backbone? Or I like... Know. Do you know what I mean? I do. And and that's what it is, I feel like, with so many cases nowadays, especially in light of the whole gun control. All right. So you brought it up. I did. I did it. Okay. So the gun control issue. How about some more shocking information from me? This is a really share too much episode of the show. We should preface Are you ready like for that. this? Nicole, no. you're, not, you're not even going to believe this. I was a member of the NRA. What? I was a member of the NRA when I was 16 years old. When you were 16. I had a weird childhood. So I had a girlfriend in high school, and her dad was a hunter, and, and he would go hunting. He was an attorney. He's a partner at a law firm. And he, Wait, he is this the girlfriend that after you guys broke up, you would still go hunting? Yeah. Yes. She and I broke up, but our family and I, we did not break up. So her dad and I and, and her brother would go hunting, and I really got into it. And I really enjoyed it. And because I wanted to learn more about you know, the guns and hunting at the time, I, I, as a 16-year-old, it was a different time. It was a long time. It was 24 years ago. I joined the NRA, right? I almost feel like my mom may have signed me up for the NRA. I mean, that's, oh that's what a 16-year-old does. And I didn't think anything of it because I was learning about guns and gun safety. And, and as a 16-year-old, yeah. it didn't feel at all political. It didn't no. feel like a second amendment issue it could have been what what did i know i was thinking about hunting in girls yeah in priorities ball. yeah 
yeah, hunting for girls, but not like yeah, violently. Uh, not like you know a, what yeah. I mean. Not in a weird this way. Took a weird twist. Yeah, uh, um, to the show. So okay, so <laughs> I feel like that's worth saying, right? Yeah. I, I feel like that's worth disclosing. Okay, so here's where we're at now. I'm still a gun owner, right? I'm not yeah. a. I'm not a carry a gun around. I'm not a, a second amendment is like, for, I don't, that's great. If you believe that awesome. Yeah. That's just not what I believe. Me. Yeah. And I don't think you're wrong. No. Right. It's like, I, I don't care for cottage cheese. Oh, same. It's a texture issue. Right. But I know people enjoy it and get great yeah. pleasure out of it, but I don't look at them like you're dumb. Yeah. You're wrong. Those curds will ruin you. I don't feel that way. <laughs> like curds, I just, this yeah. curse will ruin yeah. you. <laughs> so, do you see where I'm going with this? It's like I don't particularly care if you are pro Second Amendment or it's not even a matter. I don't think the other side of it is anti Second Amendment. I I think that's where this just gets weird and binary. Yeah. It's not some people are like I'm pro Second Amendment and the other people aren't anti Second Amendment. They just aren't pro Second Amendment. It's funny. I think you said earlier you kind of being an independent of not being a Democrat or Republican. And I feel the same way about myself, especially about this is there's always there's just the two extremes of both of these right now. And I feel like that there's got to be some middle ground of coming to an agreement. But for whatever reason, people are so hell bent on being, quote unquote, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've been there in my life where I want to be right. I, I still am from time it's to time. It's going to be right. But, but, but like, I look at, at who to vote for, and I'm like, do I like this person? Yeah, I'll, I'll vote for them. Like, do I believe mm-hmm. what they're saying? And I don't even care what party they're no. in, which, which is strange that that is also demonized. Yeah. Right? And it's like, well, you can't pick a side. It's like, I don't want to pick but a I side. But I don't want to. It's like if the Colts do something stupid... And then, like, on Twitter, I was like, well, that was dumb. And then this guy comes back at me and was like, well, you're not a true Colts fan. I'm like, okay. Right. So you I'm not. Well, me, like... All right. I can disagree. All right. So here, and here's what we're going to do in the next segment. I'm going to go through and tell you what it is to, to, to vote with your money with your beliefs. Like, what's really involved with that? How do you invest when you are pro-gun? Or how do you invest when you're anti-gun? And then we're gonna take a little different spin to this because this isn't a show about guns, right? I mean, there, there are shows about guns. This is also about being a good steward in your community. As you've heard on this show before, and we will lose this endorsement through and through, I think one of the worst companies in America, and I'll say it, is Wells Fargo. I, I think their practices, their business practices are despicable. And being in the financial industry and saying that aloud is a really bad idea. Oops. It is. But the proof is in the pudding, and the pudding tastes like cottage cheese. Oh. Uh, we're going to talk about if, if people are socially responsible investors, wouldn't they avoid companies that open fraudul- millions of fraudulent accounts? Right. That, that to me is socially responsible investing. And then we look at all the boycotts of the car rental places and Delta Airlines and everything going on with that this week. And it's like, okay, that's cool. I mean, if you want to avoid uh, flying on Delta, investing in Delta, after the break, I'm gonna tell you what's really involved with that. And you won't believe it. It's a lot harder to vote with your money 
than you think. So it's the socially responsible investing edition of the Pete the Planner show. We'll be back in just a moment. I am Pete the Planner. Stop what you're doing. And hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Never question the right of any man. The voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Back on the uh, Pete the Planner Show, socially responsible investing edition of the show, uh, I urge you to take a deep breath. I just urge you, because we're going to talk about some uncomfortable things today. What is it to vote with your money? How do you, how do you say, all right, look, I don't want to invest in a gun company. If, that, if that's how you feel. By the way, if you're just joining the show, you've missed all the context. Like if you're just tuning in on the radio and you've just missed the other part, like it's a shame because I have to reset it a little bit. Uh, I, I, I'm not, if you're pro-gun, if you're anti-gun, I don't really care. Like I, I don't, I, I have guns. Like I, I just don't, I don't, I don't. But what I want to talk about is like how, if you disagree with a company, how do you divest yourself of them? Okay, let's, let's, let's look at some examples. Sturm Ruger is a gun company, all right? It is a gun company. And the question is, how would you avoid investing in a gun company? Because, Nicole, um, I own, I don't know, 10, 15 stocks, but then I own dozens of funds, right? Yeah. I know within my 10 stocks that I don't own any gun stocks. I, I, I know that. Mm-hmm. But the question is, the question within those funds, because with any mutual fund, you can have hundreds, if not thousands of stocks within one mutual fund. And I have dozens of mutual funds and ETFs. So that is to say, I probably own tens of thousands of stocks. Oh. You know what the number one top mutual fund holder of Ruger is? You no. don't, of course. Don't. So I don't know why that was more of a, <laughs> that was sort of a rhetorical. <laughs> Growth Fund of America, which again, still means nothing to you. Yeah. The Growth Fund of America is one of the largest mutual funds in the world. Oh. It's an American funds fund, Growth Fund of America. And the ticker symbol, I actually even know, and I'm not even looking, it's A-G-T-H-X. Yeah, that's how big it is. I know the ticker. Wow, nice whistle. Thank you. But th think about that for a second. The largest mutual fund in America is the largest holder of Ruger. Oh my God. And then you look at some of the other things, other <laughs> other large mutual funds. The iShares Core S&P ETF, the iShares US Aerospace and Defense Fund, the American Funds Insurance uh, Growth Fund, Invesco Small Cap Fund, Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund. Hey y'all, listen to this. The second biggest institutional shareholder of Ruger is Vanguard. Vanguard is considered to be one of the premier investment companies in the world. And they own $93 million worth of Ruger. So if you want to be out of the gun business and you were like, I, guns are the terrible thing. I will never buy one. I will never invest in those stocks. I, oh, cool. Awesome. Good for you. 
a lot harder than you think. If you own American funds or Vanguard uh, investments, which you likely do because they're the two biggest companies in the world, you own gun stocks. Let's take it a little bit further. How about American Outdoor Brands Corporation? You may know them as the folks that own Smith & Wesson. That was Smith with an F. You know there's a hip-hop group called Smith & Wesson, but it's with an F. Oh. You know that? No, I didn't. You learn a little something every day, you know? You do. Yeah, All right. Do. So um, <laughs> let's look at that. BlackRock owns 11% uh, 11% of the shares outstanding of what is Smith & Wesson is owned by BlackRock. Uh, 9% are owned by Invesco. Vanguard owns 8%. It's crazy. Invesco's small cap value fund is the largest holder, mutual fund perspective, of Smith & Wesson. The other top 10 includes six Vanguard funds. Oh. All right. Okay. So do you see where I'm going with here? If, if you want to socially responsible invest or politically uh, responsible invest, it's a lot harder than you think. Because even if you look at Wells Fargo, which is my current thing I love to hate, I'm going to regret that. You know what, though? Oh, Here's the thing. Look, I, I'm going to be honest right now. God, I'm going to regret this. What oh. I'm about to say, I'm going to regret. Why am I saying it? You can't help yourself. Here's the thing. I will not publicly apologize for what I'm about to say. Oh, why am I about to say this? It, and I feel the same way about credit card companies. Uh, MasterCard came to Why don't name me? What am I doing? MasterCard came to me years ago and wanted to work on a project together. And I was like, no. They wanted me to do financial literacy for people. And I'm like, no, you basically are doing a Gambler's Anonymous billboard outside of a casino. Right? Like, I'm not going to be <laughs> a party to not. that. Um, so they offered me lots of money to do that. And I was like, nah, I'm nah. good. If Wells Fargo came to me and asked me to do work for them, I would say no. That's how strongly I feel about this. God, why did I say that? But it's, it's true. Anyway, here we go. Wells Fargo. The largest institutional holder is Berkshire Hathaway. So if you own Berkshire Hathaway stock, you own Wells Fargo. Vanguard owns almost 6.5% of Wells Fargo. Then BlackRock and State Street and Capital World Investors, Dodge and Cox, T. Rowe Price. Right? Right. Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund. And here's the other thing. Wells Fargo is part of the S&P 500. Right? Oh. So I own S&P 500 funds. And I feel very strongly that I don't like Wells Fargo. So am I a hypocrite? Probably on other issues, but is, am I a hypocrite on this? Eh. I don't know, Nicole. I, I think this is the bigger point of like, if we're gonna be boycotters, we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be honest with like, what is really involved? American Balanced Fund is the 10th largest holder of, of Wells Fargo. American Balanced Fund was a fund that I had so much money in, uh, percentage-wise of my, yes. my money yes, yes, yes. Um, years ago. But now, I mean, I, I don't, not because they have Wells Fargo. I, ju I just don't. But, I mean, Fidelity Contra Fund is a huge folder. Dodge and Cox Stock Fund, which I do own. It's, it's crazy. If you're going to socially responsible invest, you have to shake yourself and figure out how hard it is to actually take a stand. We, got, we don't have much time left in this segment, but coming up after the break, here's what we're going to do. Let's talk to Alex Benke at Betterment and see how they deal with this. And then after we talk to him, we're going to continue this conversation because I want to talk about Dick's Sporting Goods. I want to talk about Delta Airlines and how hard it is to not invest in those companies if that's what you want to do. 
the socially responsible investing edition of the Pete the Planner Show today. Man, I'm going to get email. Oh, if you want to say things to me, happy or mean, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. We'll be back in just a moment. I am Pete the Planner. Mr. Kinetic, Rusty Redenbacher, ATFU, Naptown. Cashing in like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the rear view don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul but young and age of lost player. Not from the Himalayas, but my fam gave me Gary Indiana game. Back on the Pete the Planner show talking socially responsible investing today. The most responsible thing I can do to you is to teach you about socially responsible investing. It's changed, the game has changed so much so that back in the day, if you were to get a, uh, a fund, a mutual fund or an ETF or something that was socially responsible, this is 10, 15 years ago, it usually meant it was hot garbage. It, it meant that it wasn't good, it wasn't gonna perform well, but you could feel good. Well, that's changed uh, so much so that uh, even uh, some of the, the hipper companies, if you will, uh, in the financial world are, are dealing with socially responsible investing in a really interesting way. Uh, one of the folks from Betterment, uh, the vice president of advice and investing, Alex Benke, joins me now to talk about what they're doing with socially responsible investing. Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks, Pete. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you. We, we've talked before, but I don't, think, I don't think you've been on the show. We've had John on the show. Is this your first uh, journey onto the program? So it's a career low light for you. So I'm so sorry about that. Um, so, all right. Socially responsible investing. Do you agree that 15 years ago, socially responsible investing was cute, it was, but it was sort of a joke. There weren't great funds. Did you feel that way too? And is that why you, you're doing what you're doing now? Yeah, socially responsible has come a long way in, in the last 15 years for sure. The data is much better. Companies are reporting uh, data about their practices uh, in a much uh, better way than they did before. It's uh, the cost to access funds that are investing in socially responsible principles have come down a lot as well. So those are all great things for the end investor, uh, but it can still be improved a lot. Are there is there a category like what, what what's the criteria to consider to be irresponsible? I, I guess we'll start there. I mean. Are you guys like comb the headlines or like, oh, this CEO got picked up uh, with solicitation? They're out. Like, what, how do you even begin to say what is good and what is bad? So it all does come down to the to the data, um, and and while it is better, uh, it it does uh, widely vary by uh, uh, industry, by uh, by country that that you're investing in. So, for example, uh, the data has gotten better in the United States, but. Uh, is still uh, not great for uh, in, in, in the international space. So the tack that Betterment has taken in terms of designing a portfolio is not trying to go down to the specific cause that one particular person might have, uh, because everybody has their, their own preference. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about guns and, and gun stocks uh, today uh, for good reason. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, 
a year ago it was the Dakota Access Pipeline, uh, which is still still a discussion, but not the the top of the news these days. Um, so it is it is hard to uh, to meet every single person's need, uh, and uh, in in doing that, you you kind of get into uh, all these different pockets of, of data quality issues and, and specific things. So the tack that we've taken is to go with a broad-based social strategy that uh, uses a number of filters that are run by the fund providers. Uh, our primary fund is from uh, MSCI is the, is the data provider uh, that underlies that, uh, that iShares ETF. And we, one, uh, always want to make sure we're abiding by our investing principles whenever we design any kind of new investing strategy. So we want to make sure that the value is there for the cost that you pay. We want to make sure that you remain diversified uh, and you'd be happy with this portfolio as a, as a, uh, a piece of your, uh, to manage a, a piece of your wealth throughout your entire uh, life cycle. So the way we've taken it, the, the only way uh, that, that we found actually uh, to do it within those investing principles was to just swap out the uh, U.S. part of our exposure with a socially responsible screen fund. So that fund does a whole number of things all at once uh, because it is a broad-based social uh, fund. And uh, so it does things like cut out uh, companies that have exposure to, to uh, gun stocks. It, um, uh, it cuts out uh, a lot of the energy uh, companies that are, that are sort of the, the bad actors uh, out there. Um, so it, it hits on um, about 15 different types of things uh, that people might be concerned about when it comes to socially responsible investing, but you can't pick just one uh, of, of those causes when you invest in that kind of strategy. But we're okay with that because we think it's the, the best way to keep uh, responsible when it comes to uh, maintaining or building uh, your wealth. Yeah, yeah, there's so much there, right? I mean, you, from your side, I'm looking actually a, a wonderful uh, article you wrote back in July of 17. Uh, you guys uh, try to stay away from companies that profit from poor labor standards or environmental devastation. Well, that, that I think that seems uh, objectively great. Uh, also, you um, you look towards companies that foster inclusive workplaces or commit to environmentally sustainable practices. And you go so far in this article to talk about some of the companies you name names of, of what you're avoiding. Exxon, Chevron, uh, from the environmental standpoint. Philip Morris, uh, which is Altria now, right? But um, that was my first, Alex, a little trivia for you in case someone ever asked you this question. That was the first stock I owned as a sixth grader in Indianapolis, Indiana. <laughs> I bought tobacco stocks. I was socially irresponsibly investing when I was 12. How do you like them apples? <laughs> That's kind of a funny thing. There, for as many people as there are who want to uh, invest socially responsibly, there's there's another pocket that wants to buy all the vices That's uh, right. because they think people, those are uh, never going away and uh, they'll do well. So. And I have to admit, I, I was going to ask you uh, the following question before I saw this in your article, but I am tickled to see that Wells Fargo is on your do not invest list. Like, <laughs> because to me, is there anything more socially irresponsible? than fraudulently opening millions of credit card accounts in people's names for profit. Can I assume that that's what helps stoke your lack of interest in them as a company to invest in? So I can't say I know specifically what the criteria for that company went in, again, because we're using MSCI as the, uh, as the screening right. uh, provider. 
we do ask them from time to time when we get uh, clients uh, wondering about particular stocks, and I will follow up on that one for you. Oh, jeez, a follow-up question. I like that. Uh, Walmart is on the list. Pfizer is on the list. And then, I, what, what, then you look at the other side. What is on the list? What are you willing to put in there? Microsoft, Google, Procter & Gamble, Merck, Coca-Cola, Intel, Cisco, Disney, and IBM. Again, this, you know, Betterment, it, it's not your portfolio. You guys are using an ETF, right? Uh, am I correct? Yeah. Well, what we do is we decide on the asset allocation. So our team of quants here is designing uh, what we believe is the best uh, uh, allocation to each of the asset classes in the portfolio. So we choose which ones you should have and then how many of those uh, or how much of those for the various different gradients of personalization. So if, if you're investing in a taxable account and you have 32 years until you retire, uh, we'll give you a particular customized allocation for that. And then if you want to overlay the, the personal preference around socially responsible investing, we'll use a slightly different ETF mix in order to, uh, to achieve that. How does one choose to be within this portfolio with Betterment? Uh, for in a full disclosure, I have some money invested in Betterment accounts. Uh, I always like to tell my listeners <laughs> those sorts of things when they're applicable. But how would one choose to go this route versus other uh, options? Uh, it's very simple. So. Uh, when you sign up for Betterment, we're going to ask you, uh, in addition to uh, uh, questions about your goals, uh, we're going to ask you if you have any other preferences for how you want to invest. So we have a couple different strategies we've added over the last uh, 12 to 18 months. One of them is the socially responsible. We also have a uh, retirement income-focused strategy, uh, since we're, we're seeing uh, many more retiree-type customers uh, that, that want an income in their portfolio. Uh, and then we also have a, a smart beta strategy, which is a, uh, a quantitative uh, strategy that's designed by Goldman Sachs Asset Management, uh, which ha tries to outperform the market a little bit, but in a quantitative way at a, at a low cost. So that's why we're actually okay with that here at Betterment. What do you, you think is next for socially responsible investing? We've got about a minute left. I'm curious, do you think... Uh, it's going to be even more micro? Do you think it's uh, more niche? Do you think it's going to get even more political where you're going to have more sort of a liberal fund and conservative base? I, I know some of those things do exist, but do you think that will become more mainstream? So certainly the data is getting better and better, and that is just going to result in the ability to do uh, screens in, in uh, areas or industries that it hasn't been possible to do it before, and also uh, broaden geographically. Uh, so while our social tilts are focused uh, basically just in the United States, uh, we, we're very interested in expanding that to the rest of the portfolio. Uh, and, and so we're, every quarter our investing team runs a process where they uh, recheck for other products that are available. Um, and uh, uh, I think that will also result in more niche offerings uh, where you can really specify specific uh, things that you are particularly interested in. Uh, as long as that's low cost and there's a way to maintain diversification, that makes sense for us. Awesome. Well, I always appreciate you guys popping on the show. Uh, can you tell me, what are you, what are you up to assets-wise these days? I always like to check in. Uh, what, what, are you, what are you up to? You always blow my mind when I hear the new number. Uh, we passed $13 billion at this point. It's been a, <laughs> a very good year. So. I can say I was in your headquarters one day when you were at 500 million. I specifically remember that day. 
That was a long time ago. Uh, yeah, it was 50 million when I joined, so uh, very excited about the progress for sure. 13 billion dollars. All right, so Betterment.com, you can learn about their socially uh, responsible investment portfolios. Alex Benke, uh, VP uh, of Advice. Thanks so much, man. We appreciate your time. No problem at all. Great to talk to you. Coming up after the break, uh, more here on Socially Responsible uh, Investing Edition of the Pete the Planner Show. I am Pete the Planner. Day, living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I gotta do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Back on the Pete the Planner Show, socially uh, responsible investing edition show. Love talking to Alex Benke. Smart guy, isn't he out yeah. there, Nicole? Yeah. I really have enjoyed watching Betterment grow over the years. I had a friend of a friend who worked there, and I went and got to meet some of the folks. And you know, John Stein, the CEO, has been on our show before, and uh, I like those guys. And, and in disclosure, I have some money with them too. So, <laughs> okay, so uh, Dick Sporting Goods caught flack this week, and also got praise this week, just depending on what you think. Um, I, I don't care either way. Let me just tell you how hard it is to not invest in Dick Sporting Goods. That's what I want to talk to you about. If you think, man, I will never, I saw it all over Twitter, I will never buy socks there again. I don't think it's, it's socks, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not gonna, I will no longer get my balls at dicks. <laughs> right? Like, people were like that all the time. <laughs> um, so, here is how hard it is to not invest in dicks, right? Uh, BlackRock owns 8% of dicks, uh, Vanguard owns almost another 8% of dicks. Vanguard Small Cap Index Fund uh, owns Dicks. Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund owns Dick. Vanguard's Dicks. Vanguard Extended <laughs> <laughs> Market Index Fund owns Dicks. Vanguard Small Cap Growth Index Fund owns Dicks. So if you're like, <laughs> I am anti-Dicks, sporting goods, you you can't avoid it. Mm-mm. You can't avoid it. If you're like, oh, I love Vanguard because they're low fee investing, but I hate Dicks. Because of their stance on guns. Sorry, Charlie. Make a decision. What are you going to do? Okay, let's go the other route. Delta Airlines, which is my preferred airline. Sometimes. Um, eh. Okay, so here's Usually. the weird thing. They had, a, I guess we call it an affinity program, in which they gave discounts to members of the NRA. Right? You understand that, right? Yeah. I didn't know that, but A I group discount. That. It's like, uh, oh, everyone, you, you were part of the... Uh, Ducks Unlimited group, therefore, which is a group, uh, therefore you get a discount. I was also a member of Ducks Unlimited. Wait, what is Ducks Unlimited? It's a duck hunting organization. Oh, you hunt the ducks. Let's stay out of my politics. Anyway, I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm done with that. I'm done killing birds. 
I got woke. I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> so Delta decided to say, okay, look, we disagree with the politics in the NRA, so we're going to stop offering that. The whole thing seemed pretty ham-handed, if you ask me, right? Like, they got a lot of props, and and then the Georgia legislature, the legislature was like, well, we're going to cut your tax break, which is even stupider than what Delta did, in my, in my opinion. You feel free to disagree, and that's great that you disagree. But let me tell you how hard it is to boycott Delta Airlines. I will never fly your airline again. Great. More leg room for me. Right. But here's how hard it is to not invest in Delta Airlines. Here we go. Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund. They're part of the S&P 500. Delta is part of the S&P 500. If you own an S&P 500 fund, you own Delta Airlines. Nicole, is, 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 or, or, am I being clear as yes. to what the challenge is here? Yes. Do you know how hard it is to practice what you preach with your money? Oh. I... Boycott stuff if you if you want to boycott stuff, you know, like the whole remember was it Kendall Jenner was like oh, solved racism with a Pepsi with or a whatever Pepsi. it was. Yep. And then people were like, well, I'm boycotting Pepsi. And I'm like, OK, do you whatever you think? That's fine. I, I, I just think. Is that the way it's almost like the NCAA thing is, is actually a good example, too. Right. Yeah. So NCAA is based out of Indianapolis, Indiana, where we broadcast out of. Yay. And when. The state of Indiana or any other state had, you know, anti-LGBT policies. Then NCAA was like, well, we're not holding a contest there. And then everyone's like, yeah. And it just seems like a lot. Right? Yeah. It just seems. Sweeping motions, you know. Does it work? Of- but I mean, some would argue that worked. Mm-hmm. And I guess the other part about a protest, because boycott is a, a, a part of a protest. And I think this is important. You can't tell someone how to protest. Yeah. Right? I don't get power Agreed. over you no. to tell you, you can't protest. Like, you can you protest however you want. It's, a, it's yeah. a protest. Right? Do what you like. I guess what I'm just saying is, if you really are, are uh, into a cause and that cause has moved you to remove yourself economically from what you're against, understand what's really involved with that. <laughs> and I also, like, there's companies in this country that do things that are not ethical. <laughs> Big yes. surprise. Is that should we do breaking news alert with that? Companies do unethical things. Um, what am I to do? Am I to just like every time like, oh, they fired a person for something that I disagree with. I'm going to go to my portfolio and remove them and sell all the mutual funds in which they're in. What are you to do? Yeah. Let's hit this week's biggest wave. Did you learn anything this week? I did. Other than I was a member of the NRA in 1995. Hey, I was a year old. (sighs) (laughs) This week's biggest waste of money of the week is the Lacoste Save Our Species collection. Lacoste Crocodile is one of fashion's most recognizable icons. It takes a back seat in the Lacoste Save Our Species collection. Replacing it on the left chest of these white polos is a series of critically endangered species from across the globe. From the Burmese roofed turtle to the California condor. Each one is limited to the remaining population size. As few as 30 in the case of the vaquita porpoise. You know what? I hope they find that special porpoise. 
No one knows about your porpoise. Oh my gosh. I want to get a t-shirt made with a porpoise on it. And then just, just says my special porpoise. <laughs> and proceeds from the sale of these shirts go to IUCN Save Our Species Wildlife Conservation Program. So Nicole, if I bought a polo, a white polo shirt, polo mm-hmm. style shirt, I should say, yeah, that's a cost. Lacoste, it would cost me $185 to get a vaquita. That's vaquita. You th- yeah, you um, I had vaquitas for lunch the other day. Delicious. What is a vaquita? Oh, there's chicken and peppers and onions. It's in a Mexican restaurant. It does sound delicious. Vaquita. Uh, $185 to get a vaquita. I'm really uncomfortable with the word vaquita. I feel like it's, does it sound like a dirty word? No. It does to it me. It just makes me want fajitas. I feel like I'm going to get beeped. Oh. Vaquita. Vaquita. Uh, anyway, a big waste of money. So that's it this <laughs> week's show. If you missed any part of it, I, I, I highly recommend you go to uh, iTunes. Just I find do. our podcast. Go to PeteThePlanner.com. Listen to the podcast. Socially Responsible Investing. That's all we have time for. Uh, thanks, Nicole, of course. Hey. Uh, send you good vibes because good vibes are all that we have in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is Pete the Planner Show. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money like then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning the flights. Consult Avantial Divisor. Released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET. Word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations. I bring you love, Tron greetings from a faraway land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home. Filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, this I adjourn, and beats I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, Tron greetings from a far away land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?